Hey, all you Theosciples, I'm Michael. And I'm Brendan from Finding Christ in Cinema. You are listening to the Theonauts Podcast with your hosts, David and Jeremiah. Right here at gctnetwork.com, your Great Commission transmission. The Theonauts, episode 72. The one where every rose has its thorn. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo Thornbushes out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. <laughs> Together we are the, the Theo Nods. Hey, Axel, get away from that window. <laughs> Don't jump. Thanks for singing for us. Did you hear him? He was really good. I'm, yeah. Oh, anyways. Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do a really good Axel Rose impression. Oh, do you? Did you not hear it? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was amazing, right? Right? Yeah, but I think you were actually singing Poison. No, that's Axl Rose, isn't it? No. Every rose has a thorn? I've totally... It's Poison. Totally... <laughs> that's why you totally lost me. Yeah, that's an epic classical rock <laughs> fail. Well, you know, David, I wasn't allowed to listen Brett to that Michaels. satanic music. Isn't that his name? I don't know. The... Brett Michaels, isn't that like a wrestler? Is Our boy it? Brendan might know. <laughs> <laughs> Call in, Brendan. Is Brett Michael a rec- No, that's Brett Hart. I don't know. What are we talking about? What are we doing here today? Or some kind of podcast? I just came in for yeah, free cookies. It's late. We've been doing these things <laughs> in the evenings now. It might be a little bit more interesting tonight. So, how are you, David? Doing good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Can't complain. The Haiti trip is coming around. Mm. We are busy, busy, busy trying to. <laughs> you are busy. That's get right. all that stuff together, and yeah. and uh, man, we we ask people to donate shoes and that sort of thing. Yeah, and we have like Crocs, like bags of Crocs. <laughs> you know, is, if I remember, those didn't go over so well the last time we went. Well, I mean, they'll take whatever. Yeah, but I mean, they prefer. Like anybody, they're gonna pick the Nikes. the nice ones. Yeah, LeBron James. Right, right. right. They're gonna pick that stuff Where first. The Jordans at. Man. So yeah, the Crocs were always last picked. <laughs> but this time, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna take some of them over to Lagunov. Yeah. And so the Crocs will probably go over really well there. Oh yeah, anything. Yeah. So, man, so that's that'll, awesome. That'll that'll be good. Yeah. Um. Okay. Theonymous. Yes. Okay. How's it going? Uh. Well. It's it's starting. Okay. Okay. We got uh, two prayer requests in the list, and one of them's mine. One of them's yours. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so um, we do have a fair number of people, you know, a handful of people anyway, that have signed up for the um, the prayer old Graham. Thursdays prayer warrior thing. That's awesome. And um, and but. Not a lot of contributors so far. And I think that a lot of it has to do – we've had like 300 – no, more than that. We've had three or 400 different uh, – Hits? Uh, yeah, visitors wow. to the site. So um, so it got a fair amount of traffic last yeah. week. 
but you know, very few people actually um, interacting with it. Right. And uh, but I think a lot of it is no one kind of wants to be the first out of the shoot. Right. You know, to to put a um, a, a especially if it's a confession, you know, that sort of thing. Because again, Brendan, we're looking at you. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So you, you guys, if you're a regular listener, surely there's something we can pray for you about. <laughs> you you have come on. You have sin in your life. Yeah. Obviously, come on. And and <laughs> I don't, but you do. You obvi- obviously. What's it like? Um, the bad Christian podcast. Where every every time they have a guest, they're like, "So, what are you struggling with these days?" And be right. honest, because we don't want to hear, you know, just as porn. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> right. right. <laughs> That's what they're trying to, right. to get people to fess up to things like that. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, we. I'm just I'm just too prideful. Yeah. You pride, man. I, that covers I, a lot of. But uh, I say that a lot. But I mean, I mean it. Yeah. Yeah. And it haunts me like crazy. Right. And I really do struggle with that. Oh, I know you do. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's not to be proud of? Right. Look at that beard. Oh, see, don't, don't, don't help me. Stay off my team. <laughs> oh, man. I'm full of it tonight. But yeah, if we can get uh, some people, you know, put in some, some uh, prayer requests on there. And one of the things that my daughter asked me, that is, I guess, is good to bring out is um, the. Um, uh, of course, I'm reusing a lot of this code because we just kind of put this together really right. quick. So, the current plugin that's that's in the site for the prayer request um, requires an email address, and the reason why is because it tries to update you with you know how many people are praying right. for you and all that sort of thing. <clears throat> However, she was like, "Well, you know, some people think probably wouldn't want to put their email address in there." Because if they're wanting to remain completely anonymous, then there is somewhat that could be a giveaway if they don't have some real obscure right. email address. So here's what I want to suggest. If that is the case for you, if that's what's holding you back, make up an email address. Yeah. Because the worst that will happen is is uh, will we'll bounce emails, sending them to a bad email address. Right. Uh, and obviously you won't get updated, you know, with how many... But you can go onto the site and see how many people exactly. are praying. Yeah. So, um, so if that's holding you back, if you're afraid, oh, I don't want the Theonauts to know, because maybe you know us personally. <laughs> and it's not like I was going to go in there and just scope out. Hmm, oh, I look want, at that guy. Yeah, I wonder who or uh, at <laughs> no, <laughs> much Jeremiah dot or at Victory Life Academy dot org. <laughs> So I imagine that uh, there will be no animal anonymity there. It'll, uh... right. So if that's holding you back, make some. Just make up an email address. Make up a name. Make up an email address. Whatever. Right. And 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 just get the get the request out there so people pray for you. The two requests that are there. I mean, yours has been prayed for over. Oh yeah. Twenty four times. Twenty five times. Yeah. Um, uh, Mandy's request is the other one that's on there. It has been uh, prayed for like 13, 14 times. Mm. So, I mean, this could be a great tool if we can get a lot of people, yeah, you know, using it. And obviously there's more people willing to pray than there are people willing to right. <laughs> to, to confess or to, to put a, a prayer request in. But so anyway, 
uh, I failed to, to, to hand out the address in case you guys <clears throat> uh, didn't hear that last week. Um, the address is prayer.theonautspodcast.com. Right. That's our, our Theonautimus prayer program. And um, if you, you put a prayer request on there, people can come to the site and pray for you. Um, come back to the site and pray for the other people that are there. Uh, you can also sign up for this uh, Theo Thursday's Prayer Warriors uh, newsletter. Right. It comes out every Thursday, and uh, what we'll do is we'll feature the prayer request on there. Obviously, unless we get a couple more in the next few days, there's going to be two <laughs> that show yeah. up in the email. But uh, when you get the email, what we're, what we're asking you to do, you don't have to do this. Just pray for the people. But what we're hoping people will do is... Uh, get into the habit of fasting and praying. Right. <clears throat> so, Theo Thursdays. So, yeah, if you're going to be a, a Theo Thursday prayer warrior, jump in there and commit to, to even if you just do it once or twice, just get a feel of it, 6 a.m., 6 p.m., do a full, fa- a full, a full fast, fast mm-hmm. uh, drink water, uh, but, but refrain from foods during that time frame, and then pray for the people on the list. Right. So, anyway, we're hoping that this will grow. And become a, 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 a very good tool for people to use. And I know, like, for example, my son-in-law, just he was, was um, uh, he liked it. And, and so he's been sharing it with people at their congregation. So, uh, awesome. So, yeah, let, let, uh, let your church know and, and, uh, and spread the word around. Right. And see if we can't get uh, some participation on there. That's good. That's good. All right. <clears throat> so how about uh, we do a little bit of this? Voicemail. Woohoo! Yes. We have some voicemail. You know our brothers over there in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They they help us out on this voicemail thing. Yeah. So <laughs> they give us a lot of voicemail. So, well, you know Brendan's <laughs> driving back and forth now. Right. To, in order to do the show. And so he has time on the road. Exactly. So let's hear what he has to say. David. Jeremiah. It's your boy Brendan <laughs> from SEC. And I am digging this uh, this latest episode of the Theo Nuts, 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 Nuts. <laughs> if you love me, keep my commandments. And I, and I just, I had to pause the show because I felt the need to just share this with you guys. Oh, uh, when you say, you know, you quote Jesus, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That doesn't necessarily always imply obedience, which is, which is what you brought up in the show. And I just, uh, I want to illustrate that the way C.S. Lewis does in Mere Christianity. He says, you know, in, at first when we accept God into our hearts, it's like we've accepted God to move into our house. And as long as he's in our house, as long as he's dwelling within us, as the Holy Spirit dwells within us, as long as he's in there and we're keeping his commandments in that way, like we're keeping, it's like we're keeping God in ourselves, we're keeping his commandments in ourselves. As long as we're keeping him there, over time, we will start living a life of obedience. Now, you know, we're going to mess up. And God can still be in us, and we will still miss the mark. But thankfully, we have grace. You know? We're still going to miss the mark, even if we are keeping God's commandments in our little scrolls of our hearts. 
but God's still renovating us. God is still resurrecting us. Aha! <laughs> so I, I had an epiphany, and I'm in the middle of the road. I'm driving up again. Um, God's, still, God's still working on us, even when we do mess up. So yeah, we can keep the commandments, and we should. We should keep them in our hearts, and you know, again, it takes getting into the Word, digging into the Word, and and prayer. Prayer and reading the Bible help help keep those commandments to the front of our minds. But even if we mess up, it's okay. God's still renovating us. Just thought I would share that thought. Love you guys. Mean it. Jeremiah, go easy on Michael. And David, go easy on Jeremiah. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> well, thanks a lot, uh, Brendan, and for... For chiming in on that, yeah, uh, he brings up a, a really good, really good point. The fact that if we do have Christ in us, then He's going to work out our, His salvation in us through us, mm-hmm. right? And it's all His work. That's the reality. And so, whenever we, you know, we have Him in us, He He continues to to make us new. He He saved us. He's saving us, and He will save us. Right? Yeah, it's the whole it's the whole message of regeneration. Exactly. But yeah, the. Great, great point, and and we we brought out the fact that uh, this word keep. Of course, we waited till the end to kind of spring that on everybody, but yeah. but that the word keep doesn't necessarily mean obedience, although it implies Lies. that, and that's yeah. part of it. The bigger the bigger picture is that you hold these commandments right. precious, so that you bring them into your heart, and um, as you know, Ezekiel said, he will write them on your hearts. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and so to me, that's the bigger picture. And so um, uh, Brendan's definitely on the on the same page with us. Yeah, he is uh, there. And I really appreciate um, uh, bringing in C.S. Lewis. And and uh, uh, it's it's we're in good company. If <laughs> that's right, if we're singing the same tune that he's singing. Sure. So uh, so good deal. All right, you want to do some. Uh... News? News? <laughs> Sounds good. Um, from Relevant Magazine, ISIS destroys uh, Palmyra columns what? by tying... Yeah. They, they destroyed what? The Palmyra columns. Pal- Palmyra? Is that how you say it? P-A-L-M-Y-R-A. Palmyra. Yeah. The Palmyra columns by, tie- by tying people to them and blowing them up. What? So this is an ancient, considered one of the... Uh, the the most ancient antiquities that we have, it's uh, declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Two thousand year old Roman uh, aqueduct columns, and ISIS is just tying people to them and blowing them up. Yay, ISIS! Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, I'm so. I mean, it's like what? I'm so tired of. Wow, this. they don't care about. <laughs> well, you know, there was a similar thing happening. I think it was during. I think it was right after 9-11 whenever we were in Iraq. But, um, but you know, the, the soldiers were like hanging out at the ziggurat. Yeah. There at, uh, used to be Ur, you know? <laughs> it's like... It's kind of an important place. Yeah. Right? They're like, eh, they're not going to... civilization. They're not going to be no. bombing the ziggurat. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, that, that's happening. Um, have you seen the video, another video going around about the officer... This is a really interesting thing. This is a 10-second, literally 10-second clip of an officer um, taking, remo- physically removing a student from 
uh, a high school who won't leave the classroom, and it's the officer that's like assigned to the high school or whatever. And so it's a it's a black female uh, student, and it's a white male officer. Oh, obviously. So there's a 10-second <laughs> clip that's been thrown up and blown up on Twitter. Uh, officials in South Carolina went uh, want federal authorities from the FBI and Justice Department to investigate a disturbing incident involving a local uh, officer at a high school student in the video that surfaced this week filmed inside the classroom at Richardson County, Spring Valley High. The deputy can be seen violently slamming the young female student out of her chair, throwing her across the ground. The officer is white. The student is black. The confrontation reportedly started after the teacher asked the student to leave the classroom. When she didn't comply, the deputy, acting as a resource officer, then enters. On the video, the officer says, you're either going to come out, uh, come with me or I'm going to make you. The student appears calm, though she doesn't comply. She doesn't appear to be physically combative, but if you look at another angle of the video, she punches him. Anyways, the officer has been placed on administrative leave, so... Yet again, this you know I, I really think this might be the downfall of civilization. This whole hate officer thing, mm-hmm. just uh, my own opinion. Um, the minute we get so militant against our our officers, uh, you know, why not just let this is the nth degree of political correctness? Yeah, I mean it's it's just like it's been a downward spiral right for years right <clears throat> and this I'm, is where it's leading up to yeah and i'm all for you know if if there's undue or unnecessary violence racially motivated racially yeah. motivated violence yeah, definitely but now with everybody having a camera you can take these videos any anytime you want mm-hmm. and it's not racially motivated it's not compliance motivated right right and that's the problem you know oh you want me to get up and leave okay you're the person of authority. I get up and I yeah. leave. You know, I'm, I'm here to keep the peace. <laughs> right. If you're not being peaceful, right, I have to do something about that. Right. It's you know, it's just crazy. All right, Ole Miss takes down the state flag because of the Confederate battle emblem. Uh, this happened. See, here we go. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier today, the University of Mississippi um, removed the Mississippi state flag from a campus because of the banner's Confederate battle emblem. The university's intern chancellor, Morris Stocks, announced his decision only after the flag was gone and placed in Ole Miss's archives. For a long time, the state flag flew just under Old Glory in the university's administration building. Now, here's the deal. Uh, I mean, Mississippi's flag is still the Confederate flag. Like, they haven't changed it officially. Mm-hmm. So, you know, basically what they're doing is they're removing their state flag from, ooh, if that happened at Texas. Oh, man. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. We're, you know, we, we fly our flag, our state flag at the same level as the Union flag. That's right. I think we're the only state that does that. Yes, because we're the only state that was uh, once a republic. A republic. Yes. Which I don't you forget it. <laughs> we owned part of Oklahoma at which, one point, which I totally disagree with. But whatever, you can do what you want. <laughs> um, okay. So, see, I fly my. It goes uh, U.S. flag, University of Oklahoma flag, <laughs> Texas flag. <laughs> Anyways, Longhorn. <laughs> No, 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 oh, okay. no. State I was, of Texas. I was just checking. So you, I love the state. I hate the Longhorn. <laughs> oh, did you hear that Bevo died, by the way? I did hear that. I had a burger in his honor. Be- <laughs> <laughs> oh, so disrespectful. You know, I, what I love is that, that, you know, the Sooners can literally eat Longhorns. Anyways, yeah. um, World Health Organization... Uh, on the back of this World Health Organization says processed meats cause cancer. <laughs> 
So bad news if you're a bacon lover. They've just come out and declared that it causes cancer. <laughs> Another thing that causes Everything cancer. Everything causes cancer. I know, seriously, bring it on. We have some bad This is what it says. We have some bad news for bacon lovers and individuals that consume high quantities, quantities of hot dogs. A new report from the World Health Organization claims that certain kinds of processed red meats, <clears throat> things like bacon, sausage, hot dogs, cause cancer. They also find a link between the red meats, uh, between all red meats and cancer. Through the panel, though, the panel of health experts from around the world was not unanimous. The report's ultimate findings were not encouraging. If your name is Ron not- Swanson, that's the. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not unanimous. Right, it's not it's, unanimous. So it gets me, you know, they take these lab rats or whatever and they cram them full of something. Oh, yeah. They're and like, then test it. Oh, oh cancer. cancer. <laughs> yeah, we injected hot dogs into this thing for three months. Right. <laughs> it's proven. It's proven. Okay, so uh, would you like to know what happened on today's date in church history? Yes, let's do this. Sure. Michael uh, Servetus. You know Michael Servetus? I know the name. The heretic. He was a heretic around the time of, of Calvin. In fact, okay. he's the one that Calvin's Geneva basically burned him at the stake, right? Oh, oh yeah, yes. Okay, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, because of his heretical views. Mm-hmm. What happened? This this guy's an idiot, by the way, because he continues to show up in Geneva. Like, if he would have just left well enough alone, he was a traveler through, but he shows up during one of Calvin's sermons, and Calvin IDs the guy, and so the, <laughs> they arrest him and then burn him at the stake. Calvin didn't want to burn him at the stake. Calvin wanted to cut his head off instead but because it'd oh. be less you know gruesome or whatever anyways michael Servetus, a uh, famous theologian um who kind of became a gnostic in the end but before that uh called anybody who believed in a triune god a heretic um called uh calvin the antichrist as well as the pope uh so not a not a big fan of calvin there anyways uh on this date october 27th 1553 he was burnt at the stake um october 27th 1978 the niv is published oh okay so you know we should read a little bit from the niv in honor of the nearly inspired version right (laughs) Awesome. Not a bit. Not the biggest fan of the. United. It's a good. It's the, a good translation. The Niv. The Niv. That's yeah. right. I'm. I'm not a fan of it personally. Yeah. I, it's just too. I don't know. Um, what's the word? Just bad. Evil. Yeah. No, evil. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Those were Satanists that translated that. No, I was just kidding. Um. Should I do this or not? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. Uh, there's a new uh, there's a new poll that's been taken, uh, a Pew Research poll. Twenty questions: What evangelicals think of GMOs, genetics, fracking, and more scientific stuff? Oh yeah, um, just a couple really because Christianity ones. and denialism goes together hand in hand. Exactly. So, okay, uh, more adults see GM foods as unsafe and believe scientists lack a clear understanding. About health effects on GM crops. Let's see. Protestants, 57% say GM foods are unsafe, whereas 67 say they're safe. So that's all I got in the news today. Alrighty. 
Are you winning or am I winning? Where am I not? Oh, I'm quite confident, even though I have a pride problem in stating that I'm winning. I'm quite confident that I'm winning. I don't want to make it a big deal or anything. It's not that I'm a big deal, but I kind of am. Yeah, yeah. So That head just keeps getting bigger. Uh, Let's see, where am I? Names Um, or... I can't remember. What's LNS? Uh, letters, numbers, sequences. That's right. Letters, numbers, sequences. Um, I let's let's just go with uh, New Testament names. That's that's that that'll be good. Okay. You were on prophecy, right? Oh, you got the prophecy question. Are you? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, I oh, did. So we're tied. Are we? Yeah. No, you're one ahead. <laughs> I don't want to ask you names, anyways, because you'll just get it right. Okay. Well, I had easy questions last time. So. <laughs> I mean, this is way easy. Letters, numbers, and sequences? Like, yeah. No, no, no. The names is way easy. All right. Well, give me the letters, numbers, and sequences. Okay. Who? Sorry. I got something in my pocket that's biting into me. Okay. There we go. Who? Sorry. How many sons did Ketra give Abraham? <laughs> this Ketera, one's not half as easy. The, the the wife he had after Sarah. Yep. Um, I am going to say two. Ah. Six. 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 Get out. He gave. Yeah, he gave her six kids. Wow, he was like a hundred years old. Seriously, who knew? <laughs> Which is really funny because Abraham's like, I'm really old whenever he has right. Isaac, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And yet, then he has six other kids. Wow. So he, that, that guy had eight kids. Viral old man. Yeah. Viral Viral old man. Old man. <laughs> okay. Come here, honey. Give me a kiss. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, you got your prophecy in. one. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, we gosh. did this one last time. Okay. You ready? Yes. What was the name of the second son of Gomer and Hosea? You don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't know either. Do you want to throw a guess out there? Uh, 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 Gomer and Hosea. Oh, 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 oh. No, I don't. Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> Loami. Exactly. Baloney. That's exactly what I was going to say. Baloney. Is that? Loami. That's uh, Hosea 1 and 9. Hosea 1 9. All right. Yeah. Okay. Here's your next one. Letters, numbers, and se- sequences. Yep. Still. <laughs> Here you go. What does the Greek word ekklesia mean? <laughs> really? That's letters, numbers, and sequences. That's a letter, numbers, and sequences. 
I don't see how it's a letter, a number, or oh, a sequence. Oh, time out. Time out. That's not right. Do I get a bonus for saying church or assembly? <laughs> okay, that, yes, assembly. That, that works. Congregation. Congregation. But actually, what does the Greek word for Ecclesiastes mean? That was the question I just saw E and C, and I thought Ecclesia immediately. So what was, again, what's the Hebrew word Ecclesiastes? No, what does the Greek word Ecclesiastes mean? Which doesn't make sense, because it's a Hebrew word. Unless it got its name during the Septuagint translation. So I wonder what the original... I'm just going to throw a guess out there. Okay. And I'm going to say the... Pre- the teachings. Oh, so close. Preachings. Yes. The, pre- ah. the preachers. Teaching. Oh, yeah. Teachings would be uh, didache or whatever. It'd be something yeah. along. Where, where we get our <clears throat> di- di- didactic. Yes. Yeah. Where we get our word didactic. Anyways, okay. All right. Well, I stuck on that one. Okay. You're still on names. Of course right? I am. Yes. Okay. Who did David deliberately put into the front lines of battle that would be do you want me to wait (laughs) you can spit it out if you want Bathsheba's husband Uriah yes poor Uriah so that would put us you know I I read a really good article about that today that we gloss over the fact that David was basically a rapist and a murderer. Yes, yes. Abraham was a sex trafficker. Yes. <laughs> and we just gloss over that in scripture. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so uh I've got this thing in my side. I just can't get it out. <laughs> it's, it's bugging me. Scratch it. Scratch it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, okay. So, the thorn in the flesh. Yes. For years, people have been asking the question, what is that? <laughs> what What are you talking about, Paul? He was very vague. Right. In his description of this. Sure. So, what, what is he <clears throat> talking about? Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> I think I think it's Peter. You think Peter's just, <laughs> just thorn? Yeah, you know what? I, I love how people use that. Oh, it's just my thorn. It's just my thorn in the flesh. And usually it's, oh, that person is just my thorn in the flesh, right? <laughs> right, right. And that, yeah, it's crazy how people use that. Or, or you know, it's some, um, you know, something as stupid as a TV show or watching TV. Or, you know. Yeah. Oh, that show is just my thorn in the flesh. I can't get over it. It's just so there. <laughs> so, so. so there are tons of uh, opinions right. about this. And this is one of those cases where, um, again, I want to stick to some King James in this in this study, regardless of the fact that the Niv was translated on this date, or not translated, but published. Published. Um because um, there's some language in here that a lot of the newer translations take a lot of liberty with. Like if you go to the Greek and look at what the Greek says, the, the most of the modern translations take some liberty yeah. with it. I mean, it's not quite as there. 
you have to use context, and that's what they're trying to do. But I don't think they're stretching quite, you know, big enough. Huh. So, um, so anyway, let's start with the passage itself that's in question here. Okay. <clears throat> the passage is Second Corinthians twelve, verses seven through nine. Yeah. So I really think we ought to read starting from verse one all the way through. That's just me, but you can go go ahead. All right. Well, let's bring the 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 question out in the King James first, and then uh, we'll and then we'll read it in the, in context. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll read the Niv or whatever, so e, you can no SV. Okay, the, es, I, I the just, SV. Let's just say let's celebrate the NIV by not reading. It. Yes, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> let's do that. No offense to anybody that likes the Niv. You're fine. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so. Back to the authorized version. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 9, it says, I almost, I almost went into my British accent, but I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to refrain. refrain. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Okay, so he says here, So that I won't be exalted above measure. There was this thorn in the flesh given. Yes. And he has sought in prayer three times to have this removed from him. Right. And the answer he got back was... My strength is sufficient, or my strength is made perfect in mm-hmm. weakness, yep. right? My strength is... My grace is sufficient for thee, um, right? Yep. So, no. The answer was no. Yeah. In other words... <laughs> Take which, my grace instead. Which, regardless of what this means, regardless of what the thorn is, there is value in us knowing that people who say your prayers aren't answered because your faith isn't strong enough right. or is full of it, okay? Paul's a great example of faith, right? Great example of faith. He is asking for something honestly and sincerely in prayer. He wants this gone. The answer was no. And part of that answer was because you will be strengthened through the weakness that it gives you. And this has been a big thing um, that I've been thinking a lot about lately. Yeah. You know, I mean, this whole, you know, the way society is wanting to go with Christianity, with this whole Joel Osteen mentality of, right. you know, uh, uh, you know, name it, claim it, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's 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 like it goes right in contradiction to what Jesus is saying here. He's like, I want you weak, you know, because when you're weak, you rely on me, right? And I want you relying on me. I don't need you relying on yourself. You don't have anything worth relying on. Exactly. So I need you to rely on me. And if it takes slapping you around a little bit. In order to get you where you rely on me, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and you know that fits with the uh, with the rest of, of of scripture of the New Testament over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It shows that number one, he he uses the things of the the you know 
the weak to, to confound the things of the strong, right? He's uh, he's always over and over again using the the uh, the lowly, right? Right. Um, to 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 bless, right? And so, um, you know, and the reason, always the reason is his glory. It's mm. him that's doing it over right. and over and over again. It's him. It has nothing to do with us, and that's what Paul's saying here. I mean, that's the context. That's what Paul's saying, right? Um, and that's why I really want to look at the context. If you go starting in verse one, and, and just to get this out of the way, because then we can really examine. Okay, what do we think it is? Which yeah. is the fun part. Yeah. But in verse one, I must go on boasting. He starts out in verse right, one, right? Right. Um, Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was fourteen years ago, or who fourteen years ago was caught up into the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except in my weakness. Though I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool or... I, yeah, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees me or hears from me. So to keep me from being conceited, right? Mm-hmm. So he starts out and he talks about this man, quote-unquote, who's caught up in the, the third heaven. So uh, a lot of scholars believe he's talking about himself there, right? Right. Yeah. And so, you know... <laughs> He's showing all these things he's done, right? And then he's going. Now wait a second. Just remember, I'm nothing. In fact, I'm so much nothing that God, to keep me lowly, put this thorn in my flesh, mm-hmm. right? And the whole purpose was because He's glorified and I'm not. That's the whole purpose. <laughs> so we need to re- remember that. That's the you know that's the reason he writes this. Right. It's not about. Oh well, it's just my cross to bury or carry, or right. it's just my you know my thorn in the flesh, as as we like to use it. Uh, the reality is, is what he's saying here is God is everything, and I'm nothing. Right. So right. the fact that you have a thorn in the flesh should tell you, oh, I'm really not all that great, <laughs> right? Instead of an excuse, right. Which is what a lot of people use it. Oh, that person is my thorn in the flesh. Yeah, that's my excuse. So, anyways, I'll get off my uh, <laughs> high horse there. Did I? Yeah. I, didn't, I hope I didn't take anything away from. Oh no, you okay. actually tossed me a, a a softball or whatever because this is <laughs> what you kind of explained is a is a very very typical understanding of the passage. Right. So, um. My current theory is going to bump up against it a little bit. What I just said? Yeah. All right, bring it on. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's <laughs> great actually cuz this is this is we you know this is sure. cool to to explore all this stuff. So um <clears throat> so before before we get to to all that, though, let's look at what what a lot of people are suggesting that this thorn in the flesh could be. Sure. Um there's a theory that it is a physical condition of some sort. Right. Um, there's actually two or three theories about physical conditions, one of which is blindness or poor eyesight, either one. Right. I've heard that a lot. Um, some people think that he's referring to some sort of speech impediment 
that he has or inability to speak well. Um, and then there is the idea that maybe he's talking about maybe this thorn in his flesh, flesh is lust, pride, or some other temptation. Now, pride would definitely go along with, you know, what you were just saying, that the, that the idea was to humble him and, and to bring him uh, back down. Right. So let's look at some of where, where these theories come from and some pros and cons sure. for each one. Okay, first off, blindness or bad eyesight. Uh, the pros for this comes from support of it begins when Paul is converted on the road to Damascus. Yeah. One of the things that happens to him is what? He's struck blind. He's struck blind. Sure. That's in Acts 9, verse 8 through 9. And then he was healed in 9, 18. And the speculation here is that it must have had some sort of an effect on the quality of his sight, you know, going forward. Right. Um, so in Galatians 4, verse 15, Paul's <laughs> talking there to the Galatians, and he says, you were very happy then, but where is that joy now? I am ready to testify that you would have taken out your eyes and given them to me if, it, <laughs> if that were possible. Okay, so possibly indicating that he needed a new set of eyes, that the, that the eyes that he had weren't good enough, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, sometimes Galatians 6 and 11 is thrown into this mix where, where Paul says, uh, you see how large a letter... I have written unto you with my own hand, uh, Im implying that he had to write in very large, large letters, letters because yeah. of his poor eyesight. Right. Okay, but let's look at the things that kind of shoot down the, the bad eye thing. Uh, although he was struck blind in Acts 9, 9 and 18 does say he was able to see again. Now, is a miracle... Does does God tend to do these halfway miracles? No. I mean, I think that he was as as I think his sight was this as good as it was. Well, yeah. Prior. Okay. So every time that Jesus and this is argument for Jesus, but uh, I I think we could go further and say his apostles also, mm -hmm. um, and and the ones who healed in his name. Jesus never does something halfway. Right. Whenever he healed somebody, it was we always read, and his skin was as newborn, right? Yes, or, yes. Well, like, yeah, yeah. The, the lepers exactly. were like, their skin would be like a newborn, newborn babes. Newborn babes, right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with that idea, understanding when he healed Paul, he, he healed him fully. I yeah. have no doubt, I, I think, but yeah. that's just me. So the text doesn't indicate this is some partial healing. Right. It gives us no reason to assume that God wouldn't fully restore him. Uh, then the text in, in Galatians 4 is not definitive. The thing about, um, you know, you would have given me your own eye. Right. Uh, because, especially in the Jewish language, plucking out one's, or say Jew, the Hebrew uh, vernacular, plucking out one's eye was a figure of speech often used in the Jewish culture. So uh, because one's eyesight was so dear to them, it would be a great sacrifice to remove it for some reason. Right. So in other words, like today, we might say, hey, that cost me an arm and a leg uh, <laughs> in such the same way that... You it, would have given me an arm and a leg. Right. <laughs> so whereas in the Jew, a Jew would say, it cost me my eyes. Right. That would be a, a, a similar thing as what we say, arm and a leg thing. Yeah. So the statement is just an expression of their willingness to help Paul. It wasn't necessarily indicative of his eyesight being right, bad. Right. Uh, in Galatians 6 and 11 is, is debatable depending on, I mean, you can read it in many different translations. A lot of the newer translations do, does say, I wrote in very large letters, 
Uh, however, the Greek is not quite that clear. In fact, it kind of implies that what he's saying is, I've spent a lot of time writing you a long letter. See how big of a letter I am writing to you. Right. And that makes a lot more sense to me, but that's so, just me. So, an, so it could be either one, but um, and it, he's he's uh, he's pretty upset when he's writing the Galatians too. Yes, right. Yes, so <laughs> very so upset. He's like, I'm writing you this stinking long letter just to tell you this yeah. dadgum point to, to stop being Judaizers, you damn Judaizers. And I did it myself. Right. I, I, had, I did it my own handwriting, and I usually use a scribe. Right. And uh, so, um, okay, so. Could be blindness. I mean, I'm not saying it's not, but there's pros and cons. Sure. Okay, it could be a speech impediment. Sorry, so sorry. Paul could have had a speech impediment. Could have had a speech impediment. In okay. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 10, he describes himself. Uh, Paul's letters are powerful and sound important, but when he's with us, he's weak, and his speaking is nothing. Yeah. Um, then a little bit later in 2 Corinthians 11 and 16, he says, I may not be a trained speaker, but I do have knowledge. We have shown this to, to you clearly in every way. Uh, those are the supporting passages. The problem is they're not all that clear. Uh, they, they're not conclusive to infer he had any physical impairment, that it was probably just referring to his, his lack of training as a public speaker or an orator. Hmm. So um, it could be any other physical ailment, ailment, uh, much is made about Paul's phrase of this being a thorn in quote, the flesh. Yes, in the flesh, therefore, must be his body that's, yeah. that's being referred to. But then again, the term in the flesh is used all over the scriptures to refer to carnal things, right? human, human nature, uh, which can include sinful things. Uh, Romans 8 talks about walking after the flesh over and over again. Um, and so it's talking about where your heart goes. Uh, additional evidences against physical impairment in Paul's spiritual um, is Paul's spiritual gifts. He was given the gift of healing and apparent control over bodily afflictions. Yeah, he um, he blinded Elimas, the false prophet, yeah. in Acts 13. Yay. In Acts 14, he heals a man uh, who was lame. In Acts 28, he healed some diseases. He, he raised a guy from the dead yeah. uh, who fell out the upper window, right? Um so it would appear that Paul would have some sort of power over bodily conditions and ailments and that sort of thing. So uh, how much, if you're a healer, how much credit do you have when you walk around with problems, physical problems? That's you know? true. That's true. So, I mean, is, is, is he like unable to heal himself? But then again, you know, you go back and you look at the context and, you know, why was the reason he was given the thorn in the flesh? Right? To keep him humble? Maybe. So imagine this maybe. this this healer. <laughs> maybe. That's what it says in the scripture. <laughs> maybe. Anyways, to keep him humble, that's what it says. And the, so, I mean, how <clears throat> humble would you be if you're a healer that has a limp? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's just my argument. So, maybe. um... <sighs> Well, and here's the um, the thing that I want to bring up about Second uh, Corinthians is okay. that this if you take the context of the letter into play, part of the reason why he wrote the letter was because of their inability to listen to him. Yeah. Okay. He wrote them. He wrote them before the scathing. 
Right. First uh, Corinthians. Yes, First Corinthians just whipped them. Yeah. And uh, apparently, we didn't get to read their response, but apparently it wasn't favorable. <laughs> so <laughs> I get the impression that they were basically saying, who are you to tell us what to do? Right. Um, and we've got people here telling us that you're not all that important, that you didn't walk with Jesus, you, you know, and that's right. So he was getting a lot of flack from a lot of people. And so... He has to to deal with this, right? Uh, so let's ask a, a few questions here um, about about the thorn that I think might might give us a, a a different approach to understanding what this thorn in the flesh could be. Okay. So where did the thorn come from? Now we assume just on a cursory reading that it came from God, but he actually says where it came from. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 7, he says, A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. So this thorn is a messenger of Satan. But why would Satan want to keep you from being conceited? I'm getting there. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. So the term messenger in the original Greek is angelos, angelos, whatever. It's the same word that we angel, use yeah. to to translate angel. Yeah. Okay, so uh, n- no discernible difference between the word messenger and angel uh, in the Greek. So what is this thorn going to do? What is it actually doing to him? Um, he says, uh, this messenger of Satan, it was sent to, in the King James, buffet him. Uh, buffet in the the Greek term for that, or harass in I believe the ESV says harass, right? Um, is kolophis, which means to strike repeatedly. So most of the physical <laughs> assumptions for this thorn, like if it was eyesight or if it was, you know, um, any other physical thing, um, would be constant, but. Here, we, we, we get this idea that this messenger is sent to beat him up over and over and over and over. So whatever it is, is repeatedly being visited upon him. Um, why was the thorn sent? Now, here's the question going back to uh, this, this idea. I'm going to go back to the King James for a second. Okay. The, the verse says in King James, lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. If you go back to the Greek, there's only one word here that's being used. That word measure is uh, that exalted and above and all that. That's not in the Greek. The only, there's there's a, a one Greek word here that is being stretched out among all these translations to mean all kinds of different things. But the word simply means to be lifted up higher than any than other people. So it can be translated to mean prideful Pride, or yeah. boastful, but that's not the only thing that it could mean. Yeah, but inferring from the context. That's what I'm about to do. All right, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, so <laughs> this is fun. So this, it's okay. talking about lift being lifted up above other people is the reason why the sa- this messenger from Satan beats him over and over and over again to keep him from being lifted 
up above uh, others. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I get where you're going with this. <laughs> okay. Vote lightning to stream the bride. So okay. now let's think about you. You're talking about context. Let's think about the context of the passage <laughs> okay. for a minute. The overall context. Paul is actually trying to boast right. of his accolades, is he not? Yeah, he's trying to let them know, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm an apostle. Yes, listen to me. <laughs> right. I, I deserve to be listened to because I'm an apostle. Right. And, and, and this is why I'm an apostle. I had these revelations. He just got through saying in the right. last couple of verses, I had this vision of heaven. Have any of you guys done this? <laughs> right. So he's, he keeps bringing stuff yeah. up, and he keeps saying, I don't want to boast, but I'm going to boast. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he does it. So um, the question would be, if this is about pride, if this is about keeping him from being prideful, then why would Satan's messenger continue to beat him down? To do that, wouldn't Satan want him to sin? Wouldn't Satan want him to be lifted up above above others? So let's see who this messenger might be, okay. according to the context of the entirety of, of this letter. So um, in 2 Corinthians 10, so two chapters earlier, verse 8, he says, and now I'm, in the, I'm back in the ESV for a little easier understanding. There you go. For even if I boast a little too much of our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you, I will not be ashamed. Okay, so first off, he lays the groundwork here. I'm right. about to start boasting to you, and it's okay if I do that because of the reason that I'm doing it. It's going to lead to a good end. Right. You need to listen to me. I have reason for being who I am and telling you what I'm telling you. Gotcha. So... Um, so he considers it appropriate to boast. Um, in the next chapter, uh, chapter 11, verses 10 through 13, he says, As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be silenced in the regions of Achaia. And why? Because I do not love you? God knows I do. And what I am doing, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission, they work on the same terms as we do. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles huh. of Christ. Okay, so part of his problem and part of the reason why he's even writing this letter is because there's a bunch of people in their area saying, don't listen to Paul. Right. We're apostles of Christ. Right. Listen to us. Um, so he's, so this is his reason for the boasting. Continuing on, verse 14 through 15, he says, And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as what? An angel of light. An angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants, messengers... <laughs> if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, their end will correspond to their deeds. So he's got a problem with these people. And now he's even calling them basically angels of Satan, servants of Satan. So these servants of Satan are beating him down. Yeah. Aren't they? I mean, we've got the indication here that they're telling the Corinthians 
over and over and over again. And how hard would that be? You're a long distance minister. I mean, he's not from Corinth. Right. So while he's off in Ephesus, there's people back over in Corinth harassing him. Right. And constantly beating him down. Sure. And tearing his, his name down among the believers there in Corinth. And so this is, that would be horrible, especially in back then because you can't call people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you can't text them. Set the record straight. Right. right. Mm. So uh, continuing on. Um, he says there in verse 18 and 19 of verse 11, since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast for you gladly bear with fools being (laughs) wise yourselves. (laughs) Wow. So so he calls them fools. Right. So he's spending a lot of time uh, talking about these people. Now look where we're at in the context of this, of, of this passage we're looking at. We're in the end of chapter 11, and this carries on the thought. Going into chapter 12. Right on into chapter 12, he says, I must go on boasting. Right. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man who 14 years ago, like you read a while ago. So he's he's like, I'm going to continue to boast about this. Wow. And uh, so he says, on behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast except for my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, (laughs) so that no one will think more of me than he sees in me or hears in me. So um, so we get right into the passage at hand, which, like I said, almost every new translation will say, so that I will won't be arrogant, so conceited. that so that I won't be conceited, so that I won't be prideful. That sort of language is in almost all these new translations, but I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to translate that word, huh. given the context of what he's trying to say here. I really think that his thorn in the flesh is not some malady or physical thing. To me, that would be a very selfish thorn in the flesh, given Paul, given what we know about Paul. But this makes a lot more sense from a standpoint of what's the, what would be worse than a physical malady to a, a, a great teacher or apostle? To Paul, yeah, it definitely it, it would be that. It would be these things he's happened, these people he's happened to deal with. Right. That even look at later on, he goes through, well, earlier in chapter 11, he goes through a whole list of things he has to suffer through. Right. And he, he lists stonings and uh, day and the night I was in the deep. You know, I've been shipwrecked so many times. And all this. But you know what's the last thing he says? And above all this, the care for the churches on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, Brother Paul. Amen, man. Well, people. Pe- yeah. People can be hard. Right. <laughs> I'd rather to be deal, shipwrecked. To deal with. And, mm. of course, he continues on, if we jump down a little bit later. Um, I have been a fool. <laughs> yes. You forced me to it, for I ought to have been commended by you. Yes. I was not inferior, inferior to these super apostles, even though I am nothing. Huh. 
So, so yeah, he he's still talking about these people. Right. He never stopped talking about them. He right. was talking about them in chapter ten, and even after this thorn in the flesh thing, he's back to this. Uh, that that for I was not at all inferior to these super apostles. <laughs> I mean, he's he's like really enraged about right what <laughs> ticked off about these people. Yeah, and I, but the to me the biggest sign for me was whenever he called them servants of Satan, hmm. and that Satan that Satan poses as an angel of light. And then he turns around and says, I was given this thorn in in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. To me, that was what really makes me think that that's what he's talking about, is is just how that language. I mean, that's a whole nother nother translation for me. That's a whole nother meaning for me. That's pretty shocking. Well, it's way out there. There's not a lot of people that that share that, that view of it. At That's all, a really interesting view, though. But, <clears throat> but I think that it's it's intriguing. Um, but the but the main thing I think we should get from this is not necessarily what his thorn is. What we should get from it is it's Jesus' reply. What's his reply? My grace is sufficient. So now let's take that in the context. So okay, if, if we're dealing with people, if we're dealing with super apostles, false apostles that are his thorn in the flesh. And he's like, he's asking, please strike these guys dead. Get them out of here. Right. You know, give them some other interest to draw them out of this situation. And, and the reply was no. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to. Wow. And you think about all the church problems I know you've seen church problems. I know I've seen church problems, and all yeah. this, and and it's so consistent. There's always this, you know, if that one guy, or if that person over there, just wasn't would there. just wasn't. I've even heard people say this problem will get fixed when some people die off. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorite uh, answers is, it's, you know, it's not nothing. A few funerals can't handle. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, so it's like this is not a foreign concept to, right, <laughs> to to us. And so I think it wasn't. I can understand where Paul's coming from. Sure, if this is what he's. So maybe going back to what you said earlier, where people are going, that person's just a thorn in my flesh. Maybe they are a thorn <laughs> in your flesh. Wow, it very well could be. But I, but I think that the the most important thing is just to know is to know that. If it is people, if there are people that are in the way of the truth, people that are in the way of progress, they're still part of God's overall plan. Yeah. Even if that plan is for, you know, maybe maybe you won't grow as much as you think you ought to be able to, you know, and maybe this person is, or people, or whoever, maybe they're impediments to growth. But at the same time, are you being strengthened yeah. through this trial? Are you gaining patience? Are you gaining something out of it? Yeah. And when you know when we look at God's overall plan. So right now I'm teaching with the seniors. Uh, we're 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 in Bloody Mary. 
Okay. Oh yes. So you have Henry the Eighth who takes who takes the throne. So are you doing the whole Tudor family? Yeah, we're doing the Tudor. We're we're going over Elizabethan. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, in the in the Renaissance. Okay. Love Which, that whole War of the Roses stuff. Right. Yeah. It's a blast. But anyway, so you have okay Henry the Eighth who takes over the throne, right? Mm-hmm. And he changes the the national uh, uh, religion, religion to uh, basically Protestant, but it's not really Protestant. Church of God, right? Yeah, it's totally. But it, it's. Anti-Catholic. Church of of England. Right, Church of England. Anti-Catholic, basically. All right, and then his daughter, Mary, takes over the throne, right? And as soon as Mary takes over the throne, man, she goes straight up to Catholic because she's pissed off at at, uh, at Henry VIII. And she starts just... Well, now, there was like a young boy in between. Oh, yeah, but he was there for like barely any time. Was it Edward? Yeah, I think it was Edward. And he was highly... uh, Sick or whatever. Uh, yeah, it. But he was he was big on um, uh, not not Catholicism but Protestantism, and uh, so was. Yeah, that was Elizabeth. Was Elizabeth? he put Kramer in charge of uh, Tom, Archbishop? Yes, Thomas Kramer in right. charge of the Archbishop right. of Canterbury. All this stuff. So, anyways, and then Mary comes along. Yes. And Mary starts slaughtering all these <laughs> all Protestants. Right? She's just killing all these Protestants. <laughs> and I imagine some of these Protestants are going, "Lord, will you remove this thorn in our right. flesh?" Right. Right. That's a good point. And so, but during this time, there's this guy by the name of John Fox. Right, mm-hmm. and what does he do? He takes note of all these martyrs that happen. Right, and by the end of it, he comes out with Fox's Book of Martyrs, which is where we're at yeah. right now. Fox's yes. Book of Martyrs, and this tells a story in such a way that to this day, the rule is: if you're going to be a king or a queen of England, you must not be a Catholic. <laughs> right. So, if it hadn't have been for Mary, mm. Queen of Scot, or right, right. Then bloody Mary, bloody Mary. Then then none of that would have taken place. Well, you wouldn't have had the move to Geneva, right? You wouldn't have had the 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 Calvin movement. I mean, there's all that. There is Tyndale. so much that that happened. Sure. Well, T- well, Tyndale was prior to this. Before that, yeah, that's right. Uh, King Henry the Eighth right. sanctioned his death. Exactly. So, but yeah, it was it, that had a purpose. Sure. I mean, it, it it created, and and not only that, even the people she she killed, the martyrs, uh, uh, John Knox. Yeah, uh, John Knox was a great reformer, and you can read a lot of his his works. But um, you know, whenever he died in such a loving manner, I mean, it was brutal. It was yeah. horrible because he was burned at the stake yeah. in front of his family. Sure, but as he was going to his execution. Um, the the executioner or the person who was, you know, overseeing it all, um, said. Of course, he's referring to purgatory, yeah. and he was like, "I will not be praying for your soul." And uh, John Knox said, "That's okay, brother, because I'll be praying for yours." Yeah, and I'm like, "Wow!" I mean, that's such a a. Uh, <laughs> An image of yeah. of love. You're about to get burned in front of your family, and you're concerned about the executioner, right? Well, like or Kramer, right? Kramer himself. Who mm-hmm. was he? Do he flip flops? <clears throat> so he starts saying, "No, no, I'm a Catholic now. Don't kill me." And then they're like, "No, we're going to kill you anyways." And it's like, "Oh, you know what? I recant that I'm a Catholic." I, you know, and he <laughs> he walks over and he says, 
I want my hand to burn first because I, you know, I flip flopped. And he goes, "What a picture!" Goes over and holds his hand above the fire until it's like nice and toasty, oh, right? <laughs> man. And then he he goes, you know, to the to the pit without a without a sound. There's always there are always impediments to what we see as progress. Yeah. There's always people who are in the way of what the Bible teaches. There's it, there's just people are people. Yeah. And and they're the, the the thing that I glean from this is Paul in Paul's mind the work in Corinth would have gone so much easier for him. And if anyone deserved to have an, have it a little easy. <laughs> Paul, man. <laughs> it's, it's like, Poor you guy. know. But, but Jesus keeps basically telling him, no, because you see what you're getting out of all of this. Yeah. You're getting such grace out of it, and you, you need to relish in that. You're getting my strength out of this. Yeah. And... You know, I know in the in the the church conflicts and that sort of things that that I've been through, I hate every minute of it. I want out of it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's just the natural. There's times where you just want to quit. You just want to walk away. You just want to just you know, have nothing to do with it. And but then you know, I look at prior to a lot of the the conflict I've had, I was more arrogant. I was more. Uh, I was louder. I was, um, I don't know, I, I, I have been given a lot of patience. Mm. And the only way God gives you patience through trial. Is, through the, is through trials. Right. And so without people <laughs> being obstinate, being what I would consider in the way or whatever, without that, you don't grow as much. That's right. Spiritually. Or, or any, or you know, as a human being. That's right. And so, regardless yeah. of what his thorn in the flesh is, I just lean on this because I, because I think that it fits Paul very well, and I, I, I can relate to it to some degree. Sure. And I, I and I know you probably can too. <laughs> <in> sure. <ways>. <laughs> so, uh, we we must always remember to pray for our thorns. <laughs> Always, always remember to pray for your thorns, that the Lord would take them. I mean, that the Lord would. There's another T-shirt. Always pray, pray for your thorns, dude. I've got some work to do. I got to do the the ass (laughs) T-shirt and the thorn T-shirt. Yeah, that's great. I can't wait to have one of those. Oh man. Anyways, all right. Let's let's do this. All right. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network using new media and social networking to go in all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, visit us at gctnetwork.com. Subscribe to the newsletter there and stay up to date with all of our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema. There are several ways to contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Visit our new prayer site, prayer.theonautspodcast.com, and be a part of The Anonymous there. And make sure you just break down, just confess your sins. All of them. Just throw them out there. Every single one. We know you're a sinner. Just dirty people. Admit it. Just throw it out there. And you know what? We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. Put your thorns on there. (laughs) And we'll take By name. Yes. By name. 
You can call. <laughs> Don't listen to Jeremiah. Instead, <laughs> call us on our voicemail line. 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, your favorite podcast catcher. Don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. Amen. Thanks for being here, Jeremiah. Thank you, David. You're thorn in my flesh. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission. At GCTnetwork.org. Gluten is from the devil. (laughs) Hit pause. Already do. I have to use the bathroom so bad. I'm dying. Okay. Can you hit pause? Yes. Can't hold it.